every process is perfectly designed to output what it's outputting. So if it's in a manufacturing facility and every third fender coming off of a automotive line is bent or crooked, it's been perfectly designed to do it that way. It may not be what you want it to do, but it was designed perfectly to produce that. Welcome to the Making Things Better podcast, where we tackle all things automation and make manufacturing better. Brought to you by J Automation. This month, we're talking with Eric Martin, president of J Automation, about design first, why automation is more than just installing some robots in your facility. Eric, one thing that's that you're an expert in is automation. And I know a lot of people ask you this question, which is, how do you actually just start automating a facility? Where do you kind of start? Is it just picking a bunch of robots off the shelf? Is it, you know, just putting in some systems or some new processes? What is that automating a facility really all about? Yeah, no, that's a big question. <laughs> I guess from from a high from a high level point of view, uh, it's a good place to be. I mean, I think from a business owner or from from someone who's responsible for implementing and helping the business grow. Um, it's a good place to be as curious. Uh, what do I do? How do I automate? And, and I think for anybody who, who has ideas or has, uh, has a thought process around, yeah, I think I can do this, that the idea might be is to just jump in and go. And, and that's partially true. Um, but I would say from a high level is, is, is developing a strategy. And then as well, um, forming a team that can help you um, put together uh, what that strategy would look like. So you'd have your core business strategy, like a business plan, but then you'd also have what that pours down into is goals that you want to meet within your facility. So if you have internal team members or if you outsource and uh, bring an automation partner in, they'll know your core, your core goals that you're trying to do through your business plan or your strategy to help you develop, hey, how are we going to automate? Uh, what is it our facility is trying to achieve? And to me, that is that is a strategy for automation or a, a plan. Kind of like doing, uh, building a machine or, or building an electrical cabinet. You, you, need, you need some sort of blueprint to being able to know you're going down the right path, a set of drawings. And so I often uh, believe that is for automating a facility, you need some sort of blueprint. And I would call that a strategy on how you're going to automate. And then, and then there's levels to that as well, just to making sure that you're you're going in the right direction. So having a strategy is really important, but isn't sometimes like pushback with a typical project workflow, isn't there always a strategy portion, whether when you're, you know, taking a, a single project and implementing in, what's really different about this design first strategy that you've been talking about that's uh, a really interesting uh because you you do like in anything uh we've even had customers push back and ask us why why do you even want to do electrical drawings and so everybody's at a different level of understanding uh why you need to have uh, a blueprint or a strategy or a drawing set and when it comes to the design first and you're looking at automating your facility it's a way to make sure that you reach your end goals that's what we find is, is if you jump into a project and, and your end goals are defined, but they're not defined enough to make sure that you reach them, more often than not, we find that it's really hard to get to the 
end goals without a good design strategy or a good project process to make sure that you have the right information up front, that you have budgeted well, that you are going to meet the requirements and that those requirements will actually achieve the goals that you want. Mm. Is it kind of like the difference of, you know, getting a project and getting a budget for just this one-off thing and actually the difference between making a strategy for where you want to go in say two to five years? For sure. I mean, like a, like a business plan, like you, you, you would have a business plan and in our minds, the business plan would feed into a strategy for how you're going to automate your facility. And then that strategy for how you're going to automate a facility will feed into the projects that you do within your facility. So when you're looking at a project, you already will have that information. And some customers are really good at, hey, I've got all this information. Here's here's our our key objectives to reach in the one to three to five years, and some even ten. And, and here's here's the equipment that we like to use, and this is what our team is trained on. And here's requirements from um, these departments. And these are the things that work and these are the things that don't work. Um, but what we find is when you try to pull all of those items together, um, there tends to be um, items missing. And so when you're looking at doing a project, uh, what we try to do is bring, make sure that you have all the elements together so that, again, that you can reach the end goal of the project being successful. And it does tie into the strategy. Uh, for all of the systems within your facility, for all the goals and sales and marketing and quality, uh, because a, a customer's brand is very, very important. And that's the last thing that uh, that they want to have is something to hurt that brand or set them off the goals that they've had. So if everything's tied together, it really does provide a clear communication, clear budgets to get there and uh, allows a team to work really well together to achieve. Yeah, I and like when you say it like that, it seems like it all makes a lot of sense, right? I mean, obviously getting those strategies in place. What are a couple of the roadblocks that you that you might see that that stops a, maybe a company from being able to want to go all in on developing that full automation strategy? Yeah, I I, th- I think it's like all of us, right? I mean, we're who doesn't want something for nothing? Like who 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 doesn't want to have that idea that you can move ahead and say, this is what the costs will be. And it's guaranteed that this will be the end result. And in some cases, if you have the expertise on staff with yourself or other people, you can do that. But inevitably, it does take time to do that and pooling those resources together. But I, w- I would say one of the big things is, is trying to invest. Like we've talked about this, what the training is, is that when you do get to the place and understand that implementing training is an investment and you're doing it well because it's tied to your strategy, that your payback goes in, go, comes back to give you a return on an investment in moving your company in the direction. And that would go the same for how you do projects is, is that if you're, if you're working towards doing a project well, you're going to invest a certain percentage to make sure that it's going in the right direction. And when you look at um, projects, a small percentage to determine that it's going in the right direction actually helps to save money down the road. Uh, a lot of times what happens is is a lot of guessing is being done to achieve. And then you end up in a lot of change orders. You end up in, in, in having to now change your objectives, change your end results. Therefore, that changes what you're going to be able to supply on your return on investment 
and therefore it doesn't meet the end goals. And so what we're sharing is 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 a different way of doing this. Is is putting together a plan and spending money up front. But I would say that's probably one of the biggest hurdles. Is 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 the is trying to invest. And sometimes it's hard for departments to to get money to invest because the focus is is on cost reduction, which then hinders the ability to. Um, move projects in a, in that direction. That that's something I've heard you talk actually about that last little bit there on cost reduction. Uh, is it sometimes? Is it maybe the motivations for wanting to automate? Uh, is it sometimes maybe they've they're maybe misaligned with the company goal? Like is maybe focusing is focusing on cost reduction uh, part of the reason why maybe some automation plans might fail or might succeed? For sure, I, I think that's one of the areas when I look at. Um, and, and very, I'm very interested in the in the areas of impact investing. Um, by all means, not a guru in it, but when you look in into the areas of impact investing, um, it's showing that if you only focused on cost reduction, then it shows that your focus is only there, and you turn away from other areas in the business where. Um, you could be focusing on your team, like the employees, the the, the goals of the company, um, your 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 customers, your customers' customers, and and having a wholesome approach. They've been doing studies that have shown that you're more profitable when you take into account every part and costing being one of them. So that's the pitfall. Like is is I, I kind of realize it kind of like a like a seatbelt. I don't know if I ever got into a car where you're, you know, you need to put the seatbelt on. And you, if you pull really quick and you keep pulling, 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 you're never going to get the seatbelt out. But if you slow down and take it slowly, you can put it in. But we get, sometimes get caught in that place of just trying to do it fast, 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 focusing on getting it out. But then the this, this seatbelt actually never comes out. So I see that similar with projects is, is that we were trying to apply this cost reduction and then missing out on even the bigger paybacks with investing to move the business forward, to being careful of of, of competitors uh, gaining market share only so, because you're focusing on cost reduction. Mm. So what do you think is a good goal then? So a company that's thinking about, you know, hey, I maybe interested, maybe cost reduction was the initial spark, but now they've gotten interested in automation and they want to kind of do it right. What's kind of a good way to think about setting a good goal for your automation strategy? Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, I mean, I, I talk about costing not being the only thing, but it it, it needs to be part of the puzzle. And so um, costing needs to be part of the picture. I mean, it helps drive innovation, right? Is, is, hey, this widget or part costs this this much. Do you think we can actually produce this for, for less? Yes, it's a good outcome. And then driving, um, driving that market. Um, so for, for sure that it, having, so each business is going to be a little bit different on, on how it sets costing because maybe your company is not so much about getting the widget cost down. Your company is more so on, hey, we really bring great products to the market and quality name go further than just costing. So there's a lot of different aspects that take place in this. And so that's where the sales and marketing team of a customer play heavily into this as well. Mm -hmm. So is it, do you think there's some people that shy away from automation uh, because they look at it as just a cost when it could be something that could help them, you know, either make better jobs or, or <clears throat> et cetera, or, you know, making a better team or. Yeah. yeah we've talked about this before and, 
um, I, I look at automation like a mindset change. You know, if we were still doing the things we were doing a hundred years ago, we wouldn't have cell phones. You know, we, we wouldn't have computers and we wouldn't have the cars that we have today uh, and communications that we have. And so this, in, in essence, change is always taking place. And so I would say for a company um, is automation's not really the question is, is it's more so, am I open to change and making my business better? And automation is, is an area that I believe you should look at and not just on the floor, plant floor, but this would be for all aspects of your business. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Changing up the direction just a little bit. Um, talking about automation projects, right? I, I saw some statistics uh, out there that said anywhere from around 30 to 50% of automation projects uh, can sometimes fail. And by failure, meaning uh, not either returning on investment or not getting used. Um, do you Have you heard a statistic like that? And maybe you could give some insight onto maybe why they could sometimes have some high rates of failure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, um, I mean, there can be so many factors in involved in, in, in statistics and, and, and then, and how, and why projects fail. Um, I mean, there's, there's the side of, of research and development, you know, certain companies have huge budgets just towards research and development because trying to get that product to, to the market. So, there's a risk involved in in uh, being able to get a new product to market. So that could be one area. Uh, another area that's not as nice to talk about, but it's the when projects aren't done well. You know, think about it similar to um, preparing for an exam at school. You could do a statistics across the board and find some areas why do students fail, and other areas why did students do so well. And, and I would say the ones that do very well are ones who planned, ones who did the studying, ones who paid attention and had a plan in place to develop. And so I would say that that's an area where within projects and, and what we're talking about here is automation projects could fail is because that planning wasn't done right. Then maybe the right people weren't at the table. Maybe they didn't actually have a strategy in place. Uh, so there's, there's a lot of places, but I truly believe if you follow a good project process, a design strategy or design process, you'll and you keep going along the path that you will develop to knowing if this project will be successful. And one of the areas is is that when you do a good design process, it may tell you don't keep going because this project will not be successful. But you find that out in the beginning. But if you do find out, which a lot do happen, is is that you start the project and you realize, yes, the return on investments here. Yes, this is what the costs will be. Here's the requirements. Here's the direction we need to go and establish that that sets our trajectory for a successful project. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that that strategy side of not planning, um, not actually doing all of that upfront work can often lead to you not getting kind of the results you're looking for. Uh, right. So it's not knowing if you hadn't done that now doing some of those failure rates can just be from people, you know, doing one off projects. Yeah, I was just going to say is, is, is I've often heard say that that good intentions don't necessarily deliver good outcomes. So, so just because someone has good intentions doesn't mean you're going to have a successful project. And so we're not talking about companies or people who didn't have good intentions. This is really about did they have a good process and a good, a good design 
in place? Mm-hmm. Were they, were they, did, they, did leadership have them going through these areas? So um, again, yeah, good intentions don't give good outcomes without a good process in place to get to there and having the right team members on board. Mm-hmm. No, thanks for that. Uh, you talk a lot about that whole design first project. And one thing, I question I didn't get to answer, ask yet was on what is so wrong about the the original way of doing projects, of having it usually maybe not as <clears throat> much design and, and strategizing up front. Uh, and what are some of the areas where that kind of process can go wrong or lead you, lead you astray? Yeah, I, um, so... Like like anything, like what we're seeing in the market today is is that on certain projects that have a higher complexity tend to have a higher risk factor to them to to succeed. And so, when when you're looking at a when you're looking at a project, if if you haven't walked through a good process to determine the requirements you require you you need for the project, so doing the investigative work, talking with the right stakeholders. Within the within the project to develop requirements, then to develop okay based upon these requirements, what are the risks involved for this to not be successful, and finding out ways to mitigate them, then developing a cost that says hey approximately this is what this project will cost, to then allowing that team to understand okay to really put this project forward, this is the funding that we would need prior to moving forward. What we see is, is that usually lower budgets are established. You know, quit guessing, going, well, it should take this. You know, if I take this equipment, this equipment, put it in place. You know, I've heard some people even say is, is how hard could it be? Or it'll be just like this. And and for some people, yeah, they, they can just pick things because they've designed this. But for the most people that we're talking about is, is that it does take time to put the right requirements in place so that, that expectations are met. And too often or not that expectations aren't met, but even more so with those expectations, the goals aren't met. And so quick guessing, quick budgets lead towards usually a lot of cost overruns. It diverts the team from really being focused on the goals because now they're now they're annoyed at one another for cost overruns or things changing, um, and now the team doesn't have the called the laser focus on achieving what's needed and moving the moving the project along. Mm-hmm. So, so getting all that design work up front can solve a lot of those those kind of issues. Um, do you think it could be a little scary for? Uh, a manufacturer that's used to just kind of getting their kind of three quotes for a project uh, to not know what the full cost of uh, of an engagement might cost up front. Yeah, and 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 I think partly uh, some of this could be um, skewed a little bit because there there are companies that have that do this. They've or it again make it easy or may appear to make hey um, that company's doing it. They're just going out for bids and the project moves along and it's successful. But what some companies may not realize is that internally, they've ran through a design process. They've developed what they needed and they have the detailed specs. And now they're looking for the equipment to go into place. So they've, in essence, are already set up for a successful project. But a company that that looks at hey, I want to automate my facility and I'm just going to go out for um, pricing, runs the risk of one, finding the right uh, supplier, two, that that supplier has collected the right information, that they they have the right information for you, for your goals. Um, And as well, when you're in a competitive 
uh, nature like that and your specification is either nothing or very limited, you end up not having apples to apples comparison. You you end up having um, one company who overbids or appears to overbid another company who appears to potentially underbid. And the reason being is, is that it's left to uh, design, which some companies are open to that. But but now you're you're basically allowing them to be the strategizer for you, them not knowing necessarily your business goals, them not necessarily knowing your strategy, your one to three to five to ten year plan. And so that's where we see the the misconception is 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 that you're going to get exactly what you want. And in in the risk or the the caveat is is occasionally that works, but most times it doesn't. Is it really, so it's really difficult to get what you want up front in the, in the way that you want it uh, without actually knowing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a learning. I find it's a learning Um, journey for, for the customer too, because if you have an automation partner that you're working with, whether it's internally or externally that you've outsourced this, that you're now in a, in a relationship of trust you're being able to openly share and develop requirements that you'll end up getting to the point. But if, if the, 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 if the companies that are out bidding this tender, they'll tend to hold their cards back going, well, why would I share this information? Because that just benefits the other person bidding on this project. And so you end up with a lot of, of hiding of information rather than having the core information developed for what you're achieving, then go out and tender it if you want to. Mm. Yeah, that, that, that can be really true, right? Because if the actual, if the actual job of the automation partner is to, uh, if the actual job of the automation partner is actually to find that information, to build that strategy, uh, you can be a little bit more open because instead of pretending that you have the strategy that works for everyone and you have to hide that because that's, that's the value, right? That once the strategies, your cards are gone, yeah, it's over. So contingencies is uh, we've talked a little bit before out of contingencies. Is this is this kind of a way of just kind of because a lot of projects are always going to have a contingency, right? Um, you know, you start automating one thing, and then the costs kind of kind of can spiral out of control as a project goes forward. What's a good way for to be able to reduce? Yeah, the the size of some of these uh, contingencies. Yeah, um, I would say to to start with is 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 identifying the risks. Um, if if you know the risks, then you can contingencies based upon those risks. And but the thing would be is 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 actually knowing the risks. So if if there's little to no time spent upfront in determining requirements, determining equipment available, whether or not this is high, low, medium, or extremely high risk, then it's really hard to set contingencies. And um, and as well, who, who doesn't get excited about developing a project? I mean, we get just as excited if if not the customer even gets more excited about a project. So you're sometimes customers are careful about putting too much of a contingency because they want the project to move ahead. But it's being based upon um, <clears throat> a lot of, in some cases, wild guessing. I hope that this will be enough versus the, no, no, we've identified all the risks and any of the contingencies that we're going to work upon have already been identified and we'll carry contingencies for nice to have items added versus the unknown items. And so for sure, if you've done your design up front, you still need to carry some contingencies for some of those smaller unknowns. But but what you're working towards is, is not making them large unknowns. 
and then leaving room in your contingencies for, hey, we might want to add something as planned. We've got it in our options area, but maybe down the road, if things are going well, we'd like to add these uh, these other nice-to-have items to bring even more benefit to the project. Mm. Yeah, turning uh, unknown unknowns into at least known unknowns allows you to be more accurate. Uh, yeah. Making, yeah, bringing the contingency at the end down by doing it up front. Um, so what's kind of... Um, What's kind of then a a first? So, actually, before I ask that, one last question that I I, I kind of liked was talking about you were you were just mentioning earlier about how easy that automation seems to be. How fast is the automation industry kind of changing, and and does that kind of lead to a lot of you don't know what you a lot of situations of not knowing what you don't know with manufacturers? Yeah, it's an interesting question. Um, there, there, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the neat part of the world we're in right now is, is there is a lot of innovation there. There are a lot of uh, products being, being developed and, and machines being developed. And, and uh, we don't claim to know everything. I mean, even when we're working on projects, there is a research um, component to looking to finding out what's available to meet requirements. And often, and sometimes we're like, oh, wow, this is something new. We didn't realize uh, this. We should investigate this further to seeing if this will actually meet the requirements and it's a proven technology. Um, but I would say to not let that, <clears throat> that fear of, hey, if I can't know all that's out there to be that, to, for that to be a stumbling block. Um, we, I've been in projects where <clears throat> 10, even 20 year old, ways of doing things, maybe not the technology, but the ways of doing things would enhance a company a lot, uh, a percentage, uh, like quite a bit forward in their manufacturing. So the, the part here is more so about making good changes that, uh, that your company can do and doing what you're doing now and making it better. So it doesn't have to be tomorrow's technology that applies. It could be something that's five years old. And that's what we, we as an automation partner can help with where a good automation partner would help with is, is making sure that the right technology is cho- chosen for the project, regardless if it's a few years old or it's tomorrow's technology. Hmm. So what should then be some first steps then uh, that you should be then looking for to, you know, does, if you're jumping into a design process and you want to make an automation plan, obviously, you know, there's a lot of trust uh, that needs to be involved. So <clears throat> what are some of the things that you should be maybe looking for in an automation partner uh, or someone that's really, you know, looking at that'll take your your uh, manufacturing facility uh, goals that goals to heart. I, I would I would say the one is is similar to like an interview that you need to be able to get along with with the um, the automation partner. You know, the the idea here is is that it's someone you can trust. There's there, there's someone that you would enjoy working with, and they, and they and they have a track record of of success. Um, as well, on top of that, I would say that the company has a, a proven process that they walk through um, and, and they can actually share and show you uh, what the process will look like and in, in at each stage of the project on where you're going to go. Because that's, that's what we find is, is that without a good project process um, to walking through, like, through the design process, it's easy to get lost. And it's easy to just um, lose time and 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 um, and direction and uh, and foothold within moving a project towards success. So I I would say relationship and and a good project process with a team that actually 
um, believes and carries it through. Perfect. And of anything course, else experience. about the design first process that you <laughs> experienced for sure. Is there anything else in the design first project that uh, that you would want to maybe mention about to anyone or anything you think we might not have covered? Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, I mean, ultimately, we want our customers to have successful projects. You know, there, there's the the idea here is is being able to establish trust, um, being able to work with someone that that understands the industry and has has the partners within the industry to um, making the um, the project successful. Um, so yes, as we've talked, it, it can be a little scary and trusting, but um, I believe you need to surround yourself with people who who know more than you because that'll help drive your business further forward. Uh, we do that in our company is, is we surround ourselves with, um, with partners that um, tell us, hey, this would be the next step or good for business for you, especially in areas that we're not experts in. Um, so that, that's a huge part here is, is um, Google or like YouTube or um, Google searches can only take you so far. It, you know, they, those videos make it seem so simple. And that's, that's the pitfall is, is, well, it's easy. And you'll always find a supplier that says, oh, I'll take care of that, but then misses out on the other parts of your business because they're looking for the sale on that piece of equipment. And so the area is, is either bring people on board that can make sure that when you do bring the equipment in, that it matches your strategy, uh, whether that's an automation partner or an internal automation team is, is making sure that you're following a good process and documenting it along the way so that you can measure the success of your project when you get towards the end and even through it. Awesome. Yeah. Google doesn't know everything. That's a good spot to, <laughs> that's probably don't want Google automating our, our facilities, uh, uh, you know, I have enough trouble with my emails sometimes or <laughs> to, to want to trust them to run the whole facility. So uh, thank you so much, Eric. I uh, really appreciate this and uh, we're looking forward to uh, catch you on the next one. 